When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. Uh, and I am Ben, still. Sorry, I don't know why I paused there, Scott. Still. Still, still. I had to do a quick gut check, but it's still me. Uh, and as always, we're joined by our super producer, Noel. Uh, what do you think his nickname should fuel, be? Fuel Injection. Noel Fuel Injection Brown. Perfect, perfect. Uh, so what? what's the haps today? Uh, the haps today is a couple of topics kind of rolled into one. And uh, this is uh, this is how this all came about. We had a listener that wrote in, probably more than one, but one recently that wrote in and said that uh, he'd like to hear about Honda's SI line of cars. And Ooh, there's a yeah. there's a little bit of listener mail that goes along with that that we'll read in just a moment. But um, the initial idea was that you wanted to cover Honda's Type R car, the yeah. uh, rather the Civic Type R. Mm-hmm. There's more than one Type R car, but absolutely um, the Honda Civic Type R that we're hearing a lot about here in the states right now. And, of course, the European market, the Asian market, they're going crazy for this thing right now. Right, because uh, they can buy them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Not that I'm bitter. No, no. We'll, <laughs> you, know, and let's, you know what? Let's include a bit at the end here um, about that, about yeah, why yeah. we can't get it here in the United States. That's good but, um, or maybe we will. That's one of the, this, is, this is the maddening part about the story, Ben. Mm-hmm. We're unsure right now if the Civic Type R will ever make it to North America or will it not. And we're hearing this back and forth. And I know I've mentioned this on our podcast before, but... You know, Honda says one thing at the New York Auto Show in 2015. They right. say it's, it's coming to North America. We just can't tell you when. Sure. Um, then we hear reports that are saying, yeah, we probably better hedge our bets on that. I don't think it's going to come there. It's probably just going to be Asia and Europe. And then later we'll hear like, no, no, it's definitely coming to the United States. And then it's back again. So it's back and forth all the time. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the latest word is, but it will likely change by next week again anyway. So it doesn't matter. That's <laughs> not that you're bitter. <laughs> no, not that I'm mad or anything because uh, this is a great car. Yeah, All right, yeah so, this is a fantastic car. So how about we uh, quickly go through this uh, this listener mail that, uh, that suggests one of today's topics. How about that? Perfect. All right, now it comes from Tim, uh, Tim K. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tim writes in and says that, um, uh, he says, well, <laughs> the, the subject was condolences on Scott's automotive loss. Oh, uh, so the initial reason for this uh, email was because of this. And he says, mm-hmm. um, 
says, well, actually, I'll just start and read the, the email. It says, hi, guys. Uh, this started to be a repeat of my request last year that you covered all generation of Honda's legendary Civic SI on the show. But while listening to the latest Nuts and Bolts episode, I heard Scott relate his sad story of losing his 2005 SI to engine failure. And, uh, yeah, that was, well, that was tragic. Sorry, that man. Early March, that's when yeah. that happened. Um, so he says, now I'm going to try to console him. Last November, I lost my 2003 WRX engine to a timing belt pulley seizure during a blizzard. Um, I faced the same situation as you did, having a wonderful, fun car in otherwise wonderful shape, and then the engine is suddenly gone. Um, he says, as I'm allergic to many animals, my cars are like my metal pets. Uh, so when I lose one so suddenly, it was shocking. Now, like you, I spent a couple of days calculating my options, for finding a bug-eye WRX, especially the more rare 2003 model, in perfect, unmodified condition, was a dream come true, and I just couldn't give it up after this freak incident several years later. Um, so I decided to have the engine rebuilt, and thousands of dollars later, I'm driving a very smoothly running Bug-Eye WRX, so good for you. Cool. Um, decided to make the investment in the in the rebuilt engine. Yeah. Anyway, good good move. Um, he said, so I figured uh, this was a new lease on life for the car, and I hope to have it many years from now, and would rather have the occasional parts replacement expenses than a monthly car a car loan payment. The fact that I just bought my house played into that decision too. Oh, I bet. I couldn't take more, you know, on more debt at that time when I could have had, a, you know, when I could have a terrific mechanic rebuild what I knew was great already. So mm-hmm. that makes perfect sense. That makes I, a lot I, of sense. I, I totally get that. Um, then uh, a little more congratulations on the new car type stuff. But then at the <laughs> end, he says, uh, "Take care and thanks for the show. Please do cover the story of Honda's wonderful SI when the grief has finally passed." Tim. Well, so, thank you, Tim. Yeah, thank you, Tim. That's a great letter, and that's a good that's a good question that uh, that I, I I hope you're comfortable answering on air because I'm going to ask you. Are you has enough? Has there is there enough water under the bridge, man? I guess I wrote back, and this was about a month afterwards, and I said, well, it's still a bit of a sore subject for me, at least you know for now and for a while. Yeah. Uh, we'll definitely get around to discussing the Civic Si cars on the show t- sometime soon. So that's what we're going to do today. But honestly, Ben, um, it's still a bit of a, a hard pill to take i mean hard pill to swallow i guess yeah. is that the way you say it yeah um it, it was it was really abrupt and it was really difficult to get through that i mean i know it's funny to talk about it this way it's almost like i'm talking about an, a person or something right but it's difficult to to get past that point um because it was so sudden it was so unexpected it was just uh like one day you have a car one day mm-hmm. and the next day you don't yeah and there was that interim period where i had to rent a car and then i had no car mm-hmm. actually I had no car rent a car no car and then Finally had a car, and it's, it's stressful. Insane. It's very stressful. But you have a your your new car is pretty. Can I say badass on the air? I am satisfied with this car. <laughs> I'm really satisfied with this new car. I really yeah. like it. It's not new. It's a 2012, but um, I, I really do enjoy it, and uh, it's uh, proving to be a good choice. I think overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though I got a new car, or rather used car payment now. Sure. Um, I find it worth it. Oh man, a payment, regular payment, huh? Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting, uh, anxiety just getting, from the issue. Getting yeah. tingly all over from, uh, I, I don't know, about man. It in a bad way? I, I don't know if I could, if I could do that. <laughs> all right. So we, we, uh, we can cover the SI models. Now I, I want to point sure. out that we've done the full Honda story in the past. We do have the story of the history of Honda all the way back to when it was just a bicycle repair shop. Yeah, and then a bicycle repair shop that added engines to their bikes and yeah. uh, and so on, and how yeah. they grew that into uh, one of the world's biggest automakers. Which is just a, which is a great story. I'm not saying our podcast song was great. It was a great story. Our podcast was okay. I think the podcast was great. Oh, man. Hey, thank you. Yeah, well, well it was, uh, I mean, it was, you know, an effort between the both of us, and I think uh, the story was... Uh, 
If I may toot our own horn, I think it was uh, I think it was well done. <laughs> well, I also don't think it was our idea to do it. It might have been a listener suggestion. Well, I, I like the story. It was a yeah. fascinating story, yeah. and, and more than anything, the research turned up way more than what we were able to even put on air. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a great story. So if you would like to, you can search our archives and find that information. Yeah, let us know what you think, Tim. Yeah. But uh, now, without further ado or to do. Uh, let's take a look. Do you want to start at the SI? Yeah, tell you what, let's burn through the SI history. And I don't right. mean burn through it, give it no respect. I mean burn through sure, it sure. and that we'll get to the type R stuff soon enough. Okay, how about that? Yeah, yeah. All right, so um, there's this was very fortunate for me, Ben. Uh, Car and Driver did, a, <laughs> did an article recently called The History of Honda SI Cars in America, and this laid it out perfectly. So I've got kind of the Cliff Notes version of that, and uh, and we'll just go through it quickly. You can ask questions as you want, cool. or we can just quickly go through it if you like. Now, uh-huh. um, the interesting thing about this is that, if you think about it, SI cars have been in, in America, in the United States, for about 30 years now. Um, and they're not really the type of cars that are concerned about the high horsepower, like um, uh, like you'd say, like the BMW M Series or uh, Mercedes-AMG. Sure. Right. The SI vehicles tend to uh, target enthusiasts with, with small gains, but their their primary goal with the SI cars, the line of cars from Honda that's uh, you know kind of the, mm-hmm. the upline, I guess, or the... The upsell version, which of course stands for sport injected. Sport injected, yeah, that's right. I don't that's know if we mentioned that. important part to make. That's a, that's Honda's version of fuel injection. They exactly. say they say sport injected, so that's the it SI sounds faster. That's what SI stands for. Yeah, right. So so they're uh, they're, they're going at enthusiasts with uh, the idea that they're going to provide a smooth, high revving engine that has you know a really a solid feeling gearbox and and really sharp driving dynamics. That's their that's their goal is to yeah. get that uh, that. Vehicle that I just simply put, I guess, is fun to drive. Mm-hmm. So they're not like uh, you know BMW, which will come out with a model that's 100 horsepower better than the one prior, you know, right, previous. Right. These will maybe increase like 14 horsepower. Yeah. 15 horsepower at a time, but they do that in chunks, and over a while, this this really adds up. So you'll see when we get to the history, mm-hmm. uh, when we start out with the first SI models that. You know, maybe they had 91 horsepower to begin with. Sure, they or, didn't have that much punch. Yeah, now that we're up to we're up to above 200 at this point. You know, in 2015. Right. All right. So again, these small incremental gains, but they do other things to keep people interested. You know, the enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the first SI badge Hondas that came to the U.S. were the uh, the CRX and the Prelude, both of those in 1985, and then yeah. shortly after that was a Civic. Ah, yeah, yeah, and this was uh, 1986, right? The Honda Civic uh, SI hatchback. Uh, this was uh, they they sold a Civic S in '85, but mm-hmm. by '86 they made it an SI. You know, just because primarily because of the fuel injection. Well, they added fuel injection, yeah. so they they added the uh, um, the sport injection. Sport injection, yeah, as, uh, as Honda likes to say. No, they <laughs> it's still they still call it that, but when they add the injection, because. Um, Prior to this point, most Honda cars were still carbureted. Right, yeah. You know, which is a strange thought now. A lot of the um, youngins might not know that. I believe, and you know, as we go through here, and I just have to take this off the top of my head because I don't remember exactly until we get to the notes, but yeah. um, I think that the Civic also had a carbureted version until something like the early 1990s or somewhere around there. It was uh, it was later, much later than you would think. Oh, like up until like fourth or fifth gen or I something? I think so, yeah. I mean, I'm going to have to double check that, but I, I think that was the case. So it was kind of a big deal to be fuel injected even then, you know, in the mid-80s. I think they did. I know in Japan there was a, a carbureted. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of, Ben. Okay, so you're probably right. All right, so anyways, to, to begin with, so one of the first of the two SI cars that came uh, to the United States was the Prelude SI. Yeah. Now, a lot of people, uh, this is actually the second 
uh, generation prelude. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think this is one of the more attractive cars of the 1980s. And uh, there's a, a large group of people that would like to see the prelude come back. It was redesigned later, as we'll talk about. Right. Uh, but a lot of people would like to see the prelude come back into the Honda line because it went away in the mid-90s, I believe. Yeah, but if it came back... It, it, whenever people talk about bringing a car back, mm-hmm. and just if you'll permit me, just this small tangent here, a little soapbox to complain, mm-hmm. my friends. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the Honda Prelude, especially if we're talking the '85 Si, right? Sure. When when it comes back, so often when car manufacturers do this, they bring things back the way like people bring their pets back in that Stephen King movie, Pet Cemetery. You it's, know what I mean? It's not what they want. It's not what you want. Be careful what you wish for. It's going to come back changed. All right. Prime example. Yeah. Pontiac GTO. Oh, see? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Based on that uh, Australian car, was it the uh-huh. Monaro, I think is what mm-hmm. it was called. And uh, when it came back, you know, everybody's expecting uh, a car to look like the old muscle car Pontiac GTO that they, they were fond of back then. The one they actually wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in kind of the way that, you know, Ford brought back the Mustang design and Chevy brought back the Camaro design, right, you know, that right. retro design or, uh-huh. or the, uh, the Challenger from Dodge. But, uh, but when it did come back, it was, uh, it was a modern version of the GTO that, eh, it, uh, it was kind of, um, uh, divisive, I guess. I'm just saying, owners. don't get pet cemeteried. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it, I guess. So, um, anyways, this is a, uh, a fairly strong car. It had a fuel-injected two-liter yeah. four-cylinder engine. Um, great design. You know, people, I can say great design, I guess, but, you know, um, it's a it's a favorite among Honda fans. I think. Right. That's a sure. fair way and, to say and it. And for good reason. And you've already talked about the uh, the SI hatchback, right? Right. That's, uh, that's yeah. when you said it was first sold as an S, then as an SI in 86. Yeah. Um, right around this time, this is when we get the first Honda CRX SI. Yeah. And uh, this is really cool, too. This is, again... Um, now this is strange. It's it's bad. It, they said 1985 early on, but this is 1986. I don't know if it's a model year thing. I can't yeah, remember. It might be. But what it does is the SI version boasts something like 1500 horse. 1500, Ben. Not 1500. It's 15. No. <laughs> 15 horsepower over the standard CRX. Now, can you imagine if they offered 1500 over? Ah, uh, we would be buying them. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Well, altogether, be... all told, it had about a 91 horsepower <laughs> range. Okay, so you know why? Why is you know nine? What, what do you say? How many horsepower? 91. Okay, so 91, and that's something like um, uh, oh, how many is that? That's like. 15 horsepower more than the, uh, than the standard CRX, yeah, right? Yeah, like you said. As we said, not 1500. Uh, 15 <laughs> horsepower more. And why is that important? It's because it only weighed like 1840 pounds. And that yeah, was it. Very light. Very, very light. We're talking like the weight of, uh, and I don't know if it's close or not, but it must be similar to the weight of the original Mazda Miata. Mm-hmm. That was pretty low yeah. weight. And maybe the Miata was a little bit lower at that point, or, you know, I early, think, early on. I think so. Uh, but very, very lightweight at the time. So 15 horsepower makes a huge difference and, and nine extra pound feet of torque over the standard version. Yeah. So even uh, though it just had a 1.5 four cylinder, it still had a lot of scoot. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, it was a, it was a, of course it's their performance line. So, you know, you're going right. to pay a little bit extra for that, but, um, it's always an upsell, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in 1988, Honda redesigned the CRX. So the, you know, the CRX SI was available right from the start. It wasn't something that they released later because sometimes they do that. Right. They release a lower end model, let people buy that one, and then they'll up the game, right? You Which know? I just think is so unethical. Because uh, they know they're going to come out with it. I know sometimes it is a development issue that, you know, it's not right. quite sometimes ready or whatever. Just early adopters. Other stuff. times you're right, it's just trying to up sales. You know, they're trying to, people have to be the first on the block to have the CRX. Uh, and then if they want the SI, you got to wait another three years or whatever, two years. So now horsepower is up to something like 105 horsepower. So see again, a small jump. They went from 91 up to 105. So now it's got 14 more horsepower for the SI version. 
And uh, this is kind of funny, the way they describe it. They said in 1988, the term sporty was apparently loose enough to include 5-inch wide, 14-inch aluminum wheels. So <laughs> 14-inch wheels, I mean, you don't even find, I mean, that's like economy car stuff now. That was right. not their sport, uh, you know, like their sporty version, I guess. Um, also touted as the sportiest in the Civic line. Which I think is kind of funny, but uh, but honestly, looking back, that was a great car. In retrospect, yeah, yeah. In re- it definitely was. And I think even now, looking back, people still collect these things. I mean, they're they're sought after by Honda fans, especially fans of the SI line. Yeah. Um, okay, so now we're up to uh, 1988. Well, we're still with 1988, and uh, one feature that I think we should mention just because um, the the 1988 SI featured that little half window in the back in the lift gate, you know, that was, uh, yeah. was glass. Yeah. Prior to that, it was the metal one, uh-huh. and uh, you couldn't see through it. And, You're talking about the CRX. Yeah, the CRX, and I know it's a, a, a minor distinction to make here, but, mm-hmm. you know, it had that glass piece in the back uh, hatch, mm-hmm. and I had a, a CRX. I had a 90 CRX SI, yeah? and it had that glass back, and that was extremely helpful when you're parking that thing because otherwise visibility at the back end was uh, was minimal. Because that angle is so sharp. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, so acute. It's a huge piece of glass back there, you know, yeah. the flat part, the top yeah, flat yeah, part. Yeah. But uh, when you're trying to, to actually use that on the road or trying to back mm-hmm. up or whatever, uh, you can see very little through that because it's so raked at such a a, a great angle. So what? Um, I, I gotta ask, how was it driving? Uh, oh man, if I had really? it, I wish I had it back now. I still, I still think fondly of that car and wish I had it in my garage. It's one of those that um, I don't know. I still see them around town. I saw one on my recent vacation. It was parked uh-huh. in a. Uh, I think it was parked in a rental car lot, but it was only because it was, you know, an employee's car. Oh, okay. They're not uh, going to rent it. But I still turn my head every time I see one because it, it was that great of a car. It was my, it was the car that I owned that was most heavily modified of all of them. I, sp- I spent more money and more time on that than any other car. You should have asked them if you could rent the employee's car. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it was a different company. I should have. I, uh, anyways. Anyway. All right. So let's move on to the 1988. Uh, Honda Prelude SI, ah, and this is uh, this is a redesigned vehicle, yep. and of course the uh, for 1988 the SI model returned along with the Prelude, sure, 135 horsepower and 127 pound feet of torque, and not only that, it had all wheel steering. Yes, which was a unexpected improvement, Definitely. an unexpected innovation, because at this point it's 88, we've started to set up this pattern or the cycle of slightly increasing horsepower, mm-hmm. right, each model year. Sure. So now they're adding some other bells and whistles. Yeah. Now, I mean, we're talking about the, the Prelude versus the CRX, but but the line itself is slightly increasing within each model that they offer it in. Yeah. So, so Prelude is up to 135. And this all-wheel steering system is a is a fully mechanical system. So, um, strain, I mean, there, there's opera, I can tell you how it's operated in just yeah. a minute here, but... Um, the idea is that it's not as complicated as would be an electronic system. Right. However, when you read about the mechanical system, you'll find that that's also quite complicated. I mean, it's not as easy as it sounds. Um, it doesn't sound easy, but um, four-wheel steering on something like this. I had, a, I had a friend whose older sister, who was going away to college, had a uh, an all-wheel steering prelude of this generation. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. 
Papertarians know that it's the smart choice too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day savings event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. So, okay, one thing, though, we should say, that was optional. Mm -hmm. That wasn't, uh, it didn't come with, it wasn't standard. No, 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 it wasn't standard this time. And the idea is that, and just basically, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting system, but basically here's how it works. At low speeds, the rear wheels would turn against the front wheels. Um, up to something like five degrees. And that's a pretty good degree of uh, turn there. So if you look at it in slow motion or if you look at it, you didn't have to look slow motion, I guess, but in a, par- <laughs> in a, in a parking lot, you know, at low speeds, yeah. um, this would greatly help you in parallel parking. It would help you pulling into that parking spot, pulling out of the parking spot. Mm-hmm. It reduces the turning radius quite a bit. Um, at higher speeds, um, they would uh, would turn slightly less and because you're not giving as much uh, you know steering wheel input. It's not that... It's not that, you know, it's not going to do the maximum that it should do. It's just that you're not going to be turning the wheel quite as hard as you would in a slow situation, right. slower situation. Um, and it, the idea is to enhance stability at higher speeds, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So CRX at this time, maybe we have to mention the CRX SI again. That's up another three horsepower. That's so, the big change. Yeah, three horsepower. <laughs> so um, it, it's it's interesting, you know, that they didn't go with the electronic system, I guess, on the Prelude at that point. But yeah. It was for complexity's sake. And, and that was uh, 89, right, for the CRX? 80, that was 89 for the CRX that I was just mentioning, that it was yeah. up another three horsepower. Yeah, so yeah, they're yeah. slowly, slowly increasing. Um, and I can give you an update on that in just a second. But let's talk about that four-wheel steering system uh, for just a second, if yeah. you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, this is the entirely mechanical system. And what it has is an extra pinion gear at the at the front steering box uh, that turns a long shaft that runs to a second steering rack on the rear axle. Already sounds complicated, doesn't it? Um, it's a complex planetary gear set separated subtle steering from inputs from aggressive ones. So that means that you know at speed, you know it would it would keep it more subtle. So you're not going to you know fly out of control on the right, highway. It's not yeah. going to really really whip out behind you the back end. But it does say that at any speed. If the driver delivered between 0 and 140 degrees of steering input, 
The rear wheels steered with the fronts up to 1.5 degrees. Now, inputs above 140 degrees gradually return the rear wheels to straight, and when the driver's input reached 246 degrees, the rear wheels were realigned with the fronts to zero degrees of tow. So past 246 degrees. <laughs> I know it, it sounds like yeah, a yeah. lot, but, but think about it carefully. You'll, you'll get it. Yeah. Um, past 246 degrees, the rear wheels turned against the fronts up to a maximum of, oh, it's 5.3 degrees. And again, it says, you know, that sounds really complicated, but given how many actuators and electronics that modern four-wheel drive systems use, um, like, like Honda, or I'm sorry, like Acura's system is now, I think they have a system called Pause. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a lot more complex, but, uh, this one, comparatively, I guess, they call it elegantly streamlined, especially, <laughs> especially for, you know, like 1989, 1990, you know, whenever this was out, really. Or was it yeah. 88? It might even have been 88. Uh, this is 88, I think. Yeah, 88, I think, is when they first came out with it. So, um, not really as complex as you might think, and the inputs uh, are dependent, again, on the degrees of input from the driver. So it makes sense that in a parking lot, you're gonna, you know, turn the steering wheel harsher than you would on a, or more harsh mm-hmm. than you would on a highway when you're trying to make a corner. Um, and that would help control, I guess, that, you know, it would, it would reduce the, uh, the, the turning radius in an, in a parking lot, make it easier to maneuver at slow speeds and at higher speeds, it would just aid in stability in that turn. Yes. There's another, there, there's a, another thing here. If you have time to check it out, you know, you've got a free moment online. You can look at some really cool cutaways and animations mm-hmm. of this in action and just seeing I don't know about you guys, but something about watching a cutaway of machines work and just the gears and stuff, to me, it's like getting a, a scratch behind the ears. I feel kind of hypnotized. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it is similar to that, isn't it? You just, you just continue to watch her. You, you run it on a loop so that you can, you can really absorb it because you find yourself staring yeah. at one bit of it for a while. Uh-huh. And then you realize like, well, I should be looking at the overall operation. And then you, then you focus on another part. Yeah, and man. see how that works. I just I love cutaway stuff. It's really cool. All right, so another quick few notes on this stuff uh, sure. you know, in between. Um, I know we got off track a little bit there, but Sorry. it's part of the SI line. It's yeah. important. Um, now, this one is the 1990 Honda Civic SI hatchback, and this is important because this is a time when the Civic SI was only available in the hatchback body style. Right. Only the hatchback. You couldn't get a, uh, a Civic uh, coupe or sedan mm-hmm. uh, body style with the SI badge at this time. And uh, this one, if you look at it dead on, right from the front, it looks identical to the CRX. Yeah, it's just the hatch. Yeah, that so changes. as soon as it comes into view, that rear three quarters view, yeah. uh, then you're able to see that it's the it's the hatchback design, not the uh, not the CRX design. The, you know, the uh, I guess the what do they call that the um, oh shoot, what am I thinking of the the chopped off rear end? We talked about these on another episode. Oh, um, I think it's the bread van design. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. 
The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day savings event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Is that right? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to search. But I mean, it's in our archives. But it's uh, it's that it's where you know the, the you would expect the tail end to keep, continue on. Uh, you know, it looks like it should, but then it's just chopped. Oh off right wait, back yeah, up. no, you're right. You're right. It is bread van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like because uh, the the Prius kind of has an abbreviated bread van thing going on. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's uh. It, it, Anyways, the Civic hatchback does not have that. The uh, CRX does. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so here we're on to uh, 1990 with the Honda Prelude Si again with four wheel steering. Um, this is the top of the line vehicle in 1990, and uh, basically this vehicle came fully loaded at this, at this point. And right. again, four wheel steering as we just mentioned. So we've already talked about that system and how it all works. Um, in 1992, there was a Civic Si hatchback redesign. Um, also, um, this is important. Fuel injection was now standard across all of the Civic line. So in order to make the Civic SI stand out from the standard uh, Civic that also included fuel injection now, which was the, the critical part for, you know, remember the SI badge, um, they had to add something else. They had to have more bells and whistles, I guess. Yep. And they did that with VTEC. And this is important because this is uh, one of the first times we'll see VTEC. And I don't know if it's exactly the first time, but, but the 1992 Honda Civic SI hatchback incorporated the VTEC system. And the idea was that at lower engine speeds, uh, the timing and valve lift was mild for better torque. And then at higher engine speeds, which were particularly or specifically between 5,000 and 5,500 RPM, and that's important later, I'll tell you, um, it switched to a profile that opened the intake valve sooner and kept them open longer for more outright power. So the result was that, you know, this 1.6 liter inline four engine produced 125 horsepower and 106 pound feet of torque. But it was still EPA rated for something like 29 miles per gallon in the city and 36 miles per gallon on the highway. Kind of a have your cake and eat it. Yeah, too. exactly. This is a performance engine that is now fuel efficient, which is really important. And I, I promise we're getting towards the end here. <laughs> uh, I'll try to go through. We haven't even talked about Type R yet, which is important too. Or the um, Del Sol. No, the Del Sol. Which now, okay, this okay, the CRX is gone in 1991. Yeah. Uh, sadly, so by a lot of people, they they. Uh, I thought they were uh, a little heartbroken it. over the end of that one, and that's why the uh, <laughs> what the CRX, I'm uh, sorry, not CRX, the CRZ that came back. That's uh, that's kind of like the rebirth of that. That's another topic, though. 
1993, the Honda Civic Del Sol SI came out. And again, the, the SI, I believe, was available right from the beginning. Um, yeah. yeah, this is a hundred again, 125 horsepower VTEC equipped 1.6 liter engine, but it's a small car. Mm-hmm. And that's important because, you know, of course, it keeps that sporty, um, high performance. You know, sure. it's a fun to drive yeah. vehicle, a lot of fun. It had in, some strange things like, you know, that, that top that could be lift off. It had a rear power sliding window that would drop down. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember a that. flat rear window. It's a, it's a strange design. Interesting. I had one friend that had one of these and uh, I'll tell you, it was a, like a friend of a friend. I never rode in it. No? It was it was one of those bright green ones, you know, the the intense uh, like green apple ones. Yeah, I know I'm not a fan of it either, but it was a cool little car, and I, I wish I had been in it because it was a sporty, fun car to be in. And uh, I just never got even a ride in that one. Now some listeners might get a little peeved when I say this, but I only what I never rode in or drove one because my neighbor who had one uh, hated it, and all he would do because you know if you have a neighbor and you don't know them very well and you just make small talk about yeah. stuff. This guy's thing that he would talk about is complaining about his car, and I would ask him questions. Like it was always something big and something expensive. Sure, he was like, "Ah, oh, the transmission is shot." Blah 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 blah. And it got to the point where one day I said, "Well, why don't you just you know sell it? Yeah, and get, get a rid- different car. Get rid of that limit." He was so offended. He was like, "What?" My car? No. What a strange character. He was an interesting yeah. guy. You know, there's a lot of people that have to complain to be happy. So maybe that was his thing. You know, like maybe, maybe it he, was. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> maybe. Could be. Maybe. Uh, maybe he was like, "Why doesn't that guy ever complain enough?" <laughs> Are we it not could friends? Be. It could be. <laughs> All right. So here, where are we in this history? We're up to uh, 1993. Yeah. And uh, how about I just go through this quickly? Because I right, really, right. I really, really want to talk about the Type R, and we're oh. kind of running out of time. So let's do it quick. All right. All right, so there's a uh, 1993, there's a redesigned Prelude, again offered a four-wheel steering, and, oh, this is strange. There was a, a model that was above the SI for this particular year in 1993. Uh, there was an, a model called the, um, a, a model above it again that was called the Prelude VTEC, and this one had, um, maybe I should just tell you what the SI had first. Yeah. The SI had 160 horsepower and 156 pound-feet of torque from a 2.3-liter engine. Now this uh, this other version, this uh, this Prelude VTEC, mm-hmm. had 190 horsepower from a 2.4 liter. Ah, we're getting up there. We're getting closer to the coveted 200 HP. We're getting close, yeah. But but isn't that strange that they offered something above the SI line for that one year? That's yeah. really weird. So so if you can find one, look for a Prelude VTEC. That would mm-hmm. be the uh, the car to have. Um, all right. So now we're up to about 1994 again with the Prelude, and uh, now. Remember that four-wheel steering system we talked about? Yes. Electronically controlled. So they've uh, they've shifted over to um, an electronic system. Uh, for 2000, uh, the Civic Coupe SI is back. Um, and Yeah, the Civic SI Coupe is back. And I think it had been gone for about five years at this point, which is uh, kind of strange. It came back in either – it's either 2000 or 1999. I see kind of both. Mm-hmm. I think there's a 99 SI as well. Um but uh, this time it's equipped with what they call a screamer of a four-cylinder engine. And this is important, Ben. The 2000 Civic Si Coupe had a 1.6-liter dual overhead cam that redlined at 8,000 RPM, put out 160 horsepower and 111 pound-feet of torque. And uh, this is uh, this is one, of course, you had to keep it revved up really high to be in that power band. Right, right, Obviously, right, but that's right, been right. the case all along. It re- requires high revs in order to use all that power. Um but again, this has a, you know, the VTEC system, the, uh, the variable valve timing system and lift. Mm-hmm. And, um, just incredible. And I guess the, the, one of the best things about this was the sound. Yeah. And the people that, that drove one of these, they love the sound of this particular engine. But let's go ahead and point out one, 
slight, I don't know if it's a deal breaker, but a con for the Civic SI Coupe for a lot of people is that it came in three colors. Yeah, three colors. What were the, uh, what were the colors? Red? Uh, yeah, Milano red. Okay, silver. Electron blue. Oh, blue. Flamenco okay. black. It didn't have, it didn't have that silver part. So it's red, blue, and black. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Hmm. I think, I mean, uh, you could paint it. Later they did that with the hatchback, and that's the next vehicle. It's right. a 2003 uh, Honda Civic SI hatchback, and I think there were very limited colors for that one as well, and I believe, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Yeah. I think the interior, the only interior color you could get was black in that. You didn't oh. have an option for any other color. So they, uh, they keep the, the choices down to a minimum. Now, this is uh, a brand new SI hatchback design for 2003. And uh, this is the, the design that I had. Mine was a 2005, but this is this, the same body style. Um, there were, there was no non-SI equivalent to this vehicle. So it was kind of unique in that way. Um, the, the Civic Coupe and Sedan, uh, were available, but not as a, not as a SI badged hatchback version. Ah, I see. Yeah. I don't know if I said that right. No. You couldn't get an SI in the, in the coupe or the sedan. You could only get them in the hatchback, but there was no non-SI hatchback. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay, I, I hope so. We got there. I hope so. All right. And this <laughs> is a, uh, I believe this was a European borrowed design as well. I don't mm-hmm. think it was, uh, it, but, um, and it kind of had a, a tepid, um, response from from people that initially in the marketplace said, love it in said the well, streets. I'm not exactly crazy about it. They they hung on to it for a few years. It had that cool uh, rally style shifter, sure. Um, you know the one that's right next to the steering wheel, kind of up on the dash. And I love the position of that. And I wish it was back. Uh, I wish they had that in other other vehicles now. But it was uh, unique to that one design. Um, I think it's just because the the red line was a little lower, even though the performance was good. People felt like they weren't getting as much zip. Yeah, the, the lower red line is like down to seven thousand or something yeah. versus the eight thousand RPM, and that seems to be a big deal to a lot of people. That you know they can't rev it up quite as high. Right. I, I fully get that. I understand you don't get the sound that you do from a uh, a high red line uh, four inline four like you would. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So let's see what else. Where can we go here? Uh, the two thousand six. We'll go to two thousand six from this. Sure. Uh, the Civic Si Coupe, and this is the return of the Si Coupe uh, mm-hmm. in two thousand six, mm-hmm. and it now has. 197 horsepower and 139 pound-feet of torque. Plus, they upped the RPM, uh, you know, the, the red line up to 7,800, which a lot of people really liked. Right. Yes. Kind of went back to uh, back to its roots, I guess. I said, let's go one. back to what works. Yeah, I guess so. So this uh, this coupe. Now, in the first comparison test that they ran, that the car and driver ran, mm-hmm. um, I believe it had a, 61, a 6.7 second zero to 60 run, which was just one tenth of a second behind. Uh, its closest foe, which yeah. was the the turbocharged Volkswagen GTI, so not bad, not bad out of this at all. vehicle. Yeah, I mean we're talking about um, you know a relatively big vehicle, not a uh, not an abrupt hatchback design. I don't know if abrupt is the right way, but a shorter, uh, sportier, abbreviated. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. That's <laughs> right. All right. So and then in 2007 they made a sedan available. Sure. Um, in 2008 they made a factory built special edition. It was the uh, the Mugen, and I'm saying that right. I know I looked it up. Uh, the the 2008 Honda Civic SI Sedan Mugen Edition, and it's uh, M-U-G-E-N. That's how you say it, Mugen. They're, they're a Honda tuner. Yeah, they're a Honda tuner, and uh, this was a factory-built version of it, though. So it may look like it's a, a modded vehicle that somebody on the street built, but it is the factory version if you get the 2008 uh, Special Edition. Right. Um, all right, so let's move on to 2012, and uh, they have redesigned the Honda Civic SI Coupe, mm-hmm. and uh, it got really not-so-great reviews. In fact... Um, it failed to earn a recommended rating from Consumer Reports for the first time in decades. Yeah, that's a big uh, that's a big strike against this thing. Well, and also it, the back end, it, 
I'm going to be honest. It looks like a Saturn. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It does. That's <laughs> it a good point. Like a it does look like a Saturn. You're right. And uh, so, so fans weren't really too impressed. The reviewers weren't too impressed. Uh, but the SI Coupe, it was actually not too bad, really. I mean, uh, as far as the way that the, the, the engine layout was or the, uh, sure. the performance of the whole thing, yep. people didn't like the body because they did go back to the drawing board for 2013. They changed it within one model year, which is really strange for, yeah. for a car company to do that. That's a sign. Uh, but they did that. Now, this engine, however, it was the, um, uh, this is crazy. It still was a naturally aspirated engine, which, uh, it was a non-turbo. Uh, but it was the torquiest engine that has ever been fitted to an SI with 170 horsepower, or at least to the, at the, the point at you know, the that, time in 2012. Um, it had 170 uh, pound-feet on tap from all the way down from 4,400 RPM. So relatively low in the uh, in the RPM band was 170 pound-feet of torque. That's quite a bit for this. Now it had it broke the barrier band. 201 horsepower. In this one. Yeah. And, uh, in zero to 60 in just 6.3 seconds, which is really not bad. It's sort of a, a larger vehicle, not really small. I know it's small, but not really small. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting car. I, I, I understand why they wanted to redesign it though, looking at it. I mean, it's something that, uh, wouldn't make me run to the showroom. Here's the, it doesn't look like a Honda. Yeah, I guess. And when you, you know look what at I me, mean? yeah, I, yeah, it really doesn't, does it? I mean, mm-hmm. it just, just didn't fit with the rest of the lineup. So, um, they came back in, um, 2013 with a restyled uh, Civic SI sedan just one year later, of course. And uh, the the SI car, however, wasn't ready until about 2014. Right. And the thing was they didn't mechanically change it much. So it still had that uh, pretty amazing 201 horsepower, uh, what did I say, 170 foot-pound uh, torque uh, yeah, engine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it still was pretty mechanically incredible. But um, uh, it had this brand-new design. Again, it took a, like another extra year to get the SI model out there on the showrooms. Right. And uh, now we're up to 2015, Ben, finally, after my, uh, you know, I remember I said we're going to burn through this. Um, we're finally up to 2015, and uh, they do still offer a Civic SI Coupe and a sedan model, and they're up to 205 horsepower. So, again, you yes. see this tiny little jump up. They've gone up by four horsepower this year. Yep. Um, and, uh, of course, it's non-turbo, so it's naturally aspirated again. Um I don't know where to go from this, Ben. Uh, we've we've probably burned up most of our time. Well, I uh, let's let's go with the good news. You can get a pretty good deal. They're uh, they're starting new at like a little under twenty three thousand. That's which really is not bad. Very reasonable price for uh, at least for the Civic Si coupe. Uh, the, the you know what we should probably do is we we have to make this a two parter because we we don't want to skimp on the Type R. Oh man, and we get in there. You know, I, I honestly thought we could come in here and do the SI history and all that, you know, all that stuff tied yeah, together, yeah, yeah. and then also do the Type R all in one episode. It was my fault, because I think I just talked too much about the SI no, line. No, no, no. And even so, I feel like I've skipped some important steps in the SI history, so it's like I'm cheating myself here on this. I, I feel like I need to add more, but I know we just don't have time, so let's let's do this. Like you said, let's make it a two-parter. Okay. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Type R, just mm-hmm. the Type R next time, because the, the Civic Type R is pretty exciting. We're not sure if it's going to be here in the States or not, but it is going to be offered uh, in other markets, and we've got fans that are in other markets, so it will be available to them. Yeah, no, but, I mean, if you are lucky enough to get your hands on a Type R and you're not here in the States, uh, f- feel free to tell tell me how great it is. Yeah. Although I already know. Feel free to, I want to hear what you think about it. Yeah, and then just ignore the sour grapes response that you get from us. Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, because honestly, you know, we've been, we've been watching a lot of, uh, uh, reviews of this and, you know, test drives and things like that. Yeah. And, uh, it's a fantastic car, mm-hmm. the Type R. And I'm really excited to talk about it. I was hoping we'd get to do it today. 
Uh, but it looks like we're not going to make it. So let's do it next time. Yeah, let's do it. And next uh, time. that way we can devote some real time to it. I feel like we won't, you know, go through it too fast, too quickly and, and ignore some things that are important. Well, and there are a couple other things about the SI that we should come back in one more thing, maybe. Probably. So we are going to head out and once again, uh, look into the ever changing news, by the way, Scott, about the type R. Yeah. And this whole will it, won't it come to the states thing. Uh, and, Hopefully, you know what? Maybe that's a good thing, man, because maybe if we're if we've got a little more time, maybe we'll finally hear a good decision that doesn't just change with the wind. Possibly. And, you know, I can tell you the reasons that uh, that it hasn't come to the United States so far. Yeah. And that's always, uh, you know, that's always on someone's mind. Like, well, why won't they offer this car that's available in Europe over here in the United States? Or why won't they give us that JDM version uh, here in the states, what am I, chop liver? Yeah, I mean, what's what's so special about the Japanese market or the uh, right. the, the EU the market, market that, yeah. uh, that that doesn't allow it to be sold here? What? Why do they get that fun toy and I don't? Well, I've, I think I've got the answer, and and I, I'll tell you that when we talk about the Type R. And it, again, it just comes down to will they, won't they, and it's it's really a numbers game. A little bit of a cliffhanger, I yeah, like it. Yeah, and just a little bit of a hint of why they won't do it. So uh, let us know what you think, and let us know if you drove an SI, what your opinion is of Honda's strategy to up the horsepower by tiny increments over the years. They're playing the long game for sure. Oh, definitely. I mean, it, it is just these these slight little increases, and I find it interesting that they're able to keep their uh, keep their fan base interested with that, but... They're so fun to drive. I mean, having I've owned two SI vehicles now. That's point, true. That's and true. And they are a blast to drive. They're a lot of fun. And I know they get a lot of criticism from some of the big boys, you know, in the, right. in the M sure, cars sure, or the sure, AMG sure. cars or whatever. Yeah. But they are fun. They're just a fun, affordable vehicle. And uh, if you if you happen to see one on a car lot somewhere, a used car lot or something, yeah. take it out for a test drive. If you've never driven one, it will change your mind about them. It really will. Do you remember... Um do you remember when you were driving, let's see, we had that quote-unquote ice storm. Now, you mean historically uh, from from the northern lands, I know that that didn't make too much of an impression, but the, the parking lot we had in the back of our old office, uh, listeners, one time Scott it w- was like, they were telling people not to go to work, to stay off the streets or whatever, and uh, Scott said, that you said something very much like, whatever, I have to go home. And yeah. then you hopped in and you got through the bank. You did some really cool ice driving. So <laughs> yeah. I, I would love to see, I would love to see this. Uh, like he was swinging out in reverse on stuff. Yeah. There yeah. were some tricks that had to be pulled just to yeah. get out of the parking lot. Cause it was like an ice rink mm-hmm. and so, uh, with, with inclines, with inclines. Yeah. That's and, another uh, thing. There were some unique strategies that had to be applied to get out of the parking lot. Uh, you know, like going through gates in reverse and stuff, but the gates that required me to wave a badge first. So right, that was yeah. difficult. And, yeah. And um, we're timing, timed uh, gates. It was crazy. It was a, it was a fun time. It was though. a video and, game. And, uh, honestly though, those cars, I mean, on dry land and on, you know, twisty roads. Yes. So much fun. And to listen to them, I mean, just, it really is. It's a lot of fun and it's, it's affordable. That's the thing is that this, you know, there are other fantastic cars to drive. Of course. Yeah. Of yeah, course. Yeah. I mean, many of them, but. They're out of the price range of, of a lot of people, and mm-hmm. these are within the price range of a lot of people, and they're just, I'm going to say, close to equal in the amount of fun that you can have in them. Yeah, not for nothing has Honda been one of the most popular, if not the most popular, at some points, uh, automaker in the U.S. Mm-hmm. For, you know, for certain types. Yeah, and for good reason with cars like this. Mm-hmm. So uh, we hope that you enjoyed this part of the Honda SI story. We're going to be back with the Type R, which, as you can tell, Scott and I are a little bit, I'm, I'm irritated by it. It's up, you know, 
Well, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I understand what's going on, and I, th- I, I think get, that uh, yeah, yeah, we've yeah. been shut out from this game for uh, for a long, long time now. The yeah. Type R thing, um, but uh, this is our first rodeo. There is actually there. There's a, a glimmer of hope for this one. Yeah. Well, uh, in the meantime, I'm going to be kicking rocks until I hear some uh, glimmers of hope turn into some definite possibilities. But we'd like to hear from you. So uh, write to us. Write to us on Facebook and Twitter. Follow us. Tweet at us. Uh, like us. We're uh, Car Stuff HSW. We have stories there that never make it to air for one reason or another. Usually an interesting one. And you can find every podcast we've ever done, including the Honda story we mentioned earlier, at our website, Car carstuffshow.com and if you want to take a page from Tim and write to us with a suggestion or uh, some feedback or why you think that the SI is great or overrated we'd love to hear from you our address is carstuff at howstuffworks.com for more on this and thousands of other topics visit howstuffworks.com let us know what you think send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly. How much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 